0: Shalom, shalom, shalom family. This is your boy Ezekiel Ben Israel coming back at you from Nation Not Desired. Did you know that the elites have put together a diabolical plan to depopulate the earth and that no one on this planet is excluded from this movement? It's true. One of its key players is, that's right, your very own computer guru, Bill Gates. The plan itself is called Agenda 21. Now you may be asking yourself, what can I do about this? This man is very wealthy and powerful. That's true. He is. But do you also know that you have powers as well? Powers untapped until now. The powers that I'm speaking of are wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Proverbs 1 and 5 says this, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. This is where Nation, Our Desire comes into play. We want to keep you on the path of life through our teachings. We help you, you help us with your finances, your prayers, and your encouragement. You can become a patron at Patreon by typing in Ezekiel Ben Israel and submit your questions to nationnourdesire at gmail.com. Listen, family, I've taken up enough of your time. Let's get to the message.
1: Shalom Israel, welcome back to Nation Not Desire. We got another episode for you today. It's entitled Faith That Can Move a Mountain. Now we've talked about faith a lot in previous episodes, but I wanted to get in depth as to what faith is because faith is a vital element for all spiritual warriors of Christ. You have to have faith to be A warrior of Christ You can't go out into the battlefield Facing the agents of darkness Without faith Faith is one of our strongest weapons And so Therefore it's important to know What faith is And that's what we're going to be covering today We're going to be covering faith How important it is What it is And how powerful it is Alright Can you read verse 1 of the main text we're in hebrews chapter 11 we're going to be reading verse 1
2: hebrews chapter 11 verse verse 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen
1: now let's let's get the definition of what let's get the uh definition from the secular dictionary as to what faith is Specifically, firm belief based upon confidence and the authority and veracity of another. Veracity meaning the um, accuracy, uh, accuracy to truth, adherence to truth. Rather than upon one's own knowledge, reason or judgment. Let me read that again. Firm belief based upon confidence and the authority and veracity of another rather than upon one's own knowledge, reason, or judgment. Earnest and trustful confidence as to have faith in the testimony of a witness, to have faith in a friend. So that's what the dictionary says that faith is, and that's a pretty apt description. That lines up with what the word says it is. What I find particularly interesting is the Confidence in the authority and veracity of another Rather than upon one's own knowledge That's really important because that's That's the way, that's the kind of relationship That you have to have with the Lord Despite what you may think is The right way The right way to do things The right thing to do Despite what you may think Is the right thing The Lord is telling you otherwise You should trust him above your own Knowledge, Because he knows something. He sees something that you don't know and you don't see. But the question is, do you trust him more than you trust yourself? Do you believe in his wisdom more than you believe in your own wisdom? See, and that goes hand in hand with humility. Because not only do you have to have faith in the Lord and what he knows and his knowledge and wisdom, but you also have to have the humility to trust him above yourself. Come because sometimes we think that, you know, we know, we, we've, we've been in the scriptures, we've been in the truth so long that we think we know the way things are supposed to be. We think we know what should and what shouldn't happen. Like, we think we serve, for example, we, we serve the Lord for so long, we're we, you know, our righteousness and our faith has been built up so much that we think that there's something we want in life, and we think that it lines up with the Lord's will and that we deserve to have it. But then when we consult the Lord about it, he tells us that that's not what that's not what he has for us. And sometimes we can be a little too prideful and say, No, that can't be. This has to be what the Lord wants for me. I know it because I'm, I'm a righteous man or woman. I've been in the Word for so long. I know the way the Lord is. I know what He wants for me. And I say that this is what He wants for me. But no. If the Lord says that that's not what He wants for you, despite how good it may seem, despite how much you think you may need that, you have to trust Him above your own. Your own knowledge. Your own judgment. Because that's what faith is. Faith is trusting the Lord above everything. Up even above yourself. And we know the word says. There's never been a man that has hated his own flesh. Which means that. There's never been a man that hasn't loved himself. That hasn't you know. That hasn't trusted in himself. Trust in everything he was given. His mind. His wisdom. But faith. Is even putting that aside Even putting your own wisdom Your own knowledge Your own strength aside And trusting in the Lord Above all else Even when you don't understand That's that's also what's really important Sometimes you don't even understand Why It's not the Lord's will And that's the reason why You don't want to agree with it Because you don't understand it But you don't need to understand it Faith is going with it Even if you don't understand it Because you understand the Lord You don't understand his decision But you understand the Lord And you know that whatever he says In the end Is always going to work out to your benefit But you have to trust that That's what faith is Now let's get some more on that Why is faith important? Why is faith important? That's what we're learning in Hebrews And we're getting it in this chapter Main text Hebrews 11 And we're also going to get some support of scripture on that Elisha can you get Matthew 17 Verse 19 through 20 I and get A little some support of scripture On why faith is important
2: Matthew 17 Verses 19 through 20 Then came the disciples to Christ Apart and said Why could not we cast him out And Christ said unto them Because of your unbelief For verily I say unto you If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed Ye shall say unto this mountain remove remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you
1: now first I want to point out you can't just have faith and do anything that's not what the Lord is talking about there what he's talking about is you can do anything in his will if it's his will that you command a mountain to move a literal mountain to move from one place to another then it'll move but only if it's his will, you can't just, you know, build up your faith and then go tell the mountains to move and it'll move. That's not how it works. He's not saying you can do what... He's not saying with faith you can do whatever you want. You, you, can, you, you can do whatever you want. No. You can do whatever you want in his will. That's what he's talking about. Come on. Now, earlier, the disciples came to Christ and they, you know, they were wondering why they couldn't cast out this demon in this demon-possessed person and he says because of your unbelief is because they didn't have faith when they you know they were traveling with christ and they were confident in him but what the lord revealed there was that they were confident in him when he was there when he wasn't there and they had to stand on their own with what he taught them they they wavered a little bit there was some doubt in their hearts Despite how much they may have tried to deny it, there was doubt in their heart, and that's the reason why the demon didn't go. It didn't go because they were thinking, you know, when they were confronted with this demon, they were thinking, can I really cast it out? Do I really have the power to do that? Will the Lord really grant me that power? There was doubt in their heart, and that's the reason why it it couldn't go. There can be no doubt in your heart when you're confronting the agents of darkness because they don't have any doubt in their heart concerning, you know, trying to rip you apart trying to kill still and destroy just like their master they don't have any doubt so you can't have any either that's the only way to be able to to be able to counter them is to meet them with equal force if they don't have any doubt then you can't have any doubt israel now that scripture confirms what i was talking about about the question that i asked earlier why is faith important that's why faith is important with faith, you can cast out demons, Gun. and not just other people's, but your Especially your own demons that torment you, like a demon of lying, or of stealing, or of murder. Demons that are trying to convince you to do these things, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to stay righteous and not do those things because it's against the Lord's law. But you just feel. You you feel tempted to do these things because these demons they just won't stop bothering you. Well, you don't just you don't just try to, you know, run from that. You don't just try to try to deny those temptations. What you do is you cast them out. Scriptures tell us that tell, the scriptures tell us that when an evil thought comes into our mind, we don't just say, No, that's bad. What we do is we cast that wicked thought out so that it doesn't tempt us anymore. And how you do that is with faith You go to the Lord You tell the Lord You uh, you tell the Lord what's going on Lord I'm being tempted by this This evil spirit It's tempting me to do this wicked thing And I don't want to do this wicked thing Because I want to be righteous in your sight Lord And you have to believe That he Will, will answer your prayer You have to believe that Because He says that Even when you are tempted, he'll provide a way of escape. But you have to believe that. Do you believe that he'll provide a way of escape? Or are you just, are you just, you know, are you doubting? Are you believing, but you're kind of doubting that he'll do that? Are you believing and then you're saying, I wonder if he really will? Or are you saying, I know the Lord will? That's the difference between faith and doubt come all right go back to Hebrews 11 and read and uh, read on down
2: from verse 2 Hebrews 11 verse 2 for by it the elders obtained a good report through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear
1: now in verse 2 it says for by it the elders obtained a good report by faith. By faith, the elders were righteous in the Lord's eyes, is what verse 2 is saying. All right, continue.
2: Verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear.
1: Now, I want to point something out here. The Lord does require faith. A lot of faith. But he does... He does give us some signs, the Lord knows, you know, us humans, we just, we just can't achieve the greatest level of righteousness in our own strength. We're just not that strong, not yet, not until he gives us our new bodies with all the temptations and all the sin around here. It just weakens us a little, even if we're righteous, even if we're, you know, we're reading our scripture and we're trying to keep our righteousness up. we just get a little weakened by this evil world and the evil that's in it. Well, the Lord knows that. And that's the reason why he's given us a few signs, you know, some things to help, you know, bolster your faith in him to, you know, keep you going. That's what he meant by he won't put on you any more than he can bear. That's what the scriptures mean by that. He, He means that Not only literally that he won't put on you more than you can bear, but it also means that there's things along the way that will help you continue. As long as you're trying, as long as you're trying to keep going down the path of righteousness, there's things, the the Lord has set up certain things along that path that will keep you going. Like say you're at the very start of a desert and it's, it's thousands of miles to the other end. There's basically no food and water in this desert. At a certain point, there's an oasis that will allow you to keep going. Because according to science, hum- humans can only go about three days without water. We can go some weeks without food, but without water, we're gonna die very soon. And that's the point. You'll go maybe two days without water, near death, and then there's an oasis. You drink from the oasis, you're rejuvenated, and you can go a little farther. That's the way the Lord does it. He, go- he pushes you, He forges you like gold and silver through this through the harsh fire of these temptations and these evils. He pushes you through that so that you'll come out purified like pure gold and pure silver. It's it's like the purification process of gold and silver. That's kind of like what this is. These temptations, and so you go through that. But right when you're about right, you know, right when you think you can't go any further, there's something there. There's something there that can help you go, keep going. But the thing is, you have to be trying. You can't just go through and then, ah, I'm done. You suffer just a little bit, uh, just a little bit and you say, I I can't do it. No, no, you, that's, no. That's not the, that's not the kind of person the Lord is looking for in his kingdom. The kind of person the Lord is looking for is a person that keeps going through. They're starving, they're thirsty. They don't think they can go on, but they keep going anyway because they know the Lord is going to provide for them. And then, right when they think they, they right when they really can't go on any further, there's an oasis, ready to rejuvenate you and keep you moving. Come on. But you have to have faith in them, though. You can't see the oasis. It's so far off, you can't see it. But do you have faith that the Lord is going to provide for you as you're going through this desert of temptations? All right, uh, read verse 4.
2: Hebrews 11 and 4 by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaketh
1: now what does it mean by and by it he being dead yet speaketh what it's saying there is that Abel is dead but he's still speaking to us to this day now how can that be he's speaking to us through this day through his actions his actions live on through this day. And, th- and there's still an inspiration to Paul and to and to the people that the writer of Hebrews is writing to. And all they read this, he, Abel is still an inspiration to this day and therefore he is still living on. But how is this possible? He's living on through his faith. As um, as the writer says in verse four, by faith, Abel offered unto God more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. And Abel's faith speaks to us to this day. So we can see that even after we're we're gone. Either, you know, dead or not in that place anymore. We can still be inspiring people through the faith that we showed. And our faith can even lead them to Christ. That's the reason why faith is so important. Paul, is um, the writer of Hebrews is stressing that here. In verse 4 that you can continue to you can continue to live on in a way even if you're not in that area even if you're not in that place you can continue to live on because of your faith the Lord sustains us through our faith and we can still speak to people through our faith Israel and that's the reason why it's important to have it now can you uh, go to Hebrew go to first 1 Kings 1822.
2: 1 Kings eighteen twenty two.
1: We're gonna, we're, what we're gonna be saying here in this support of scriptures, we're gonna be saying another example of faith through the prophet Elijah. Go ahead.
2: Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men.
1: Now, what that verse establishes is that Elijah out of all the people now i'm not gonna I'm not going to explain the whole story so if you want to if you want to know about the story of Elijah and what he's and what he you know more in depth about what's going on here, I encourage you to go to first Kings eighteen and read through the story and don't worry I'm gonna be doing some story there's gonna be a story tell episode on that soon if that's if that's what you if that's how you prefer to go through the story so look look out for it but Here, Elijah is saying that of all the people in Israel, he's the last one left that still continues to serve the Lord. Now, actually, there's 150 prophets or so hidden in some caves elsewhere, but what Elijah means is that they're not, you know, they're not public, they're hidden. They're basically not really doing anything. They're basically not on any assignments for the Lord. They're not really doing anything. Elijah is the last one standing, basically, that's out there doing things for the Lord. You know, preaching the message and, and trying to convert Israel back to him From the false gods that they're serving Now we're, we're about to see A true example of faith here Because Elijah saying 450 men Out of 450 men, all of them Went to serve Baal And he alone, he is the only one left That is still serving the Lord Because he has faith in him. So already, just by that right there We're saying that he has a lot of faith in the Lord And it's about to be rewarded now, what I want to show through this is that even when it seems like you're alone, when nobody else wants to serve the Lord, you cannot give in, you cannot give up. You have to continue to serve the Lord, even when it seems like you're the only one left that wants to, because the Lord is going to show up for you. All of those other people that abandon him are going to be the ones that look bad and you alone are going to be the one that looks good, Israel. If you continue to stay faithful to the Lord. Come on. Now, uh, read verse 26 through 27 of First Kings. First Kings 18, 26 through 27. seven.
2: First Kings 18, 26 through 27. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon.
1: Yeah, now, Elijah said... Um, that they were going to be given two sacrifices One for him, one for the Baal prophets And the God that answered by fire and burnt the offering That was the true God Just want to add a little context there And this, so, Elijah went let the Baal prophets go first That's what's going on here Alright, continue
2: Saying, O Baal, hear us But there was no voice, nor any that answered And they le- leaped upon the altar which was made and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awaked.
1: I-, I love that part there. Elijah just mocks them. It- it's great because how can Elijah just you know be so nonchalant like that? How can he just be laughing at them like that? He can be laughing at them because he knows that the God they serve is false and all they're doing is just dancing around looking silly like idiots. Because he he has faith in his God. He knows that his God is the one true God and he's the only God that matters and he's the only God that's going to show up at this contest. Elijah knows that. So he's so confident. He has such faith in the Lord that he can actually just sit there and mock them for their silly display. Con. That's how much faith he has. All right, now read 36 verse 36 to 38.
2: Verse 36 to 38. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near.
1: Oh, wait a second. Also, I want to I want to say something else that that makes this a very serious moment. The loser will be killed. Because in the people's eyes, that person will be painted that person and their God will be painted as false, and therefore they'll be put to death. This is basically a showdown to settle this once and for all. God versus Baal. It was a showdown and the prophet of God versus the prophets of Baal. It was a showdown between them to settle their dispute once and for all and to rid the land of one of them, of one of these factions. So the loser was going to be put to death. But Elijah wasn't worried at all, as we saw. He was just mocking them. He he, 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 you know, he was, he was just so calm, and that's because of his faith. He had faith in the Lord, so he wasn't worried at all. And that's the way we need to be. Continue.
2: And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said,
1: "Oh, and one other thing. You can imagine way before this even happened that." Elijah being the only prophet left, basically. Of course, all the people were mocking him. They were saying, you know, where is your God at? Uh, uh, everybody is serving Baal. And look at you. You're the only one left serving the Lord. Where is your God at? Why isn't he taking care of you? Why is it that you're the only one left serving him? And he doesn't show up to prove that he's the true God. Well, now he now Elijah the one who's going to have the last laugh. And why? Because he had faith in the Lord. He never gave up on the Lord, and the Lord wasn't going to give up on him. So, as we're about to see, go ahead.
2: And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near, and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and, looked up, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God.
1: Yes, of course, now they say that. But anyways, um, I'm going to try not to get too, you know, animated and excited about this story, because I really am excited about this story. It's just so great. But I'm going to try not to get too animated and excited about it, because I want to save that for the storytelling episode that I'm going to be doing concerning that. But I just, I just have to point out, Uh, Look at how the Lord showed up for Elijah. He didn't just burn the offering, which is all the Lord had to do. His fire was so great and the Lord was showing off so much. He burnt up the offering. He burnt up the altar, which is made of rocks. He burnt it up. That means the fire must've been really hot to be able to burn up stone. He burnt up the rocks and uh, he burnt up the dirt and the dust around the altar. And the altar had a trench, a deep trench of water all around, a circle, of wa- a circle trench of water. And he burnt up all of the water. There was nothing left. It was completely scorched and dry over there. Everything was consumed by the Lord's fire. And that is what happens when you have faith in the Lord. Come right when you really need him, he shows up, just like he did for Elijah. But you gotta have faith and you gotta endure up until that point. Like I said, up until this point, Elijah was probably ridiculed, he was mocked for still serving the Lord when nobody else wanted to, when it wasn't popular, when he was the only one, and everybody else was busy serving other gods. Yeah, and this happened for years. This showdown didn't come until years later. So Elijah had to deal with the ridicule, deal with running and, you know, running for his life from Jezebel and her wicked soldiers. He had to deal with all of that until it finally came to a head at the at Mount Carmel showdown, where either he was going to die or the false prophets of Baal was going to die if, if one of their guys didn't show up. And right when he really needed him... The Lord showed up because Elijah Continued to believe in him up until the Very end that is exactly how We have to be Israel Even when nobody else wants To believe in the Lord because there's too much peer Pressure because it's not popular Because they want to sin And they want to do whatever they want to do We cannot do that Because if we want to be if we want to Inherit the kingdom of the Lord Then we got to be pleasing to him And part of the way and part One of the um ways of pleasing the Lord one of the requirements of pleasing the Lord is faith alright now go back to the main chapter and uh, read down from verse 5
2: Hebrews 11 verse 5 by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God.
1: Now, uh, we might, we might um, be doing, we might be doing a series on Enoch, where we, where we all, all of us read through that Israel. So you might want to keep your eyes peeled for that, uh, because we want. It is important to, to the Book of Enoch. It's got a lot of good stuff in there especially concerning Enoch it goes more in depth about his translation but one thing that's of particular importance about this is that by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death what's important by Enoch's faith is that the earth was really wicked during that time but that was before the flood the earth was basically almost every person on earth was wicked there's barely anybody righteous at all Basically, Enoch and his family were pretty much the only righteous people in the whole world. That is how much sin was in the world at that time. It was really, really bad. And that's the reason why the Lord had to flood it. So he could basically start over again. It just, it got out of control. And Enoch still had faith. So here's another example of one man basically being the only person left who still believes in the Lord. And we can see the Lord translated him. He took him from earth because he had faith. He was the only one left, basically, that had faith in the Lord, and his faith didn't waver despite what everybody else was doing. Peer pressure is a very powerful thing, but we you can't let it get to you, Israel. It's very powerful. It's very effective. When you see everybody else doing something different, what you're doing makes you feel like an outcast makes you feel like an outlier makes you feel like you're the one that's not doing something right but when you're in the lord that's not true they're the one that's that's wrong and though they may laugh and ridicule you now you're the one that's going to have the last laugh when when you know when the destruction
2: comes come
1: they're all going to be down, you know, on Earth, looking up at you while you're safe, and they're the ones that's going to be destroyed. So don't don't be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Enoch and Elijah weren't because they had faith, and that's that's what we're here to help you with, Israel. We're here to help you build your faith in the Lord, so that you don't give up even when everybody else does. All right, go ahead.
2: Hebrews eleven and six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him.
1: See? And that he is a rewarder of them that... It doesn't see you seek him. It says a rewarder of him that diligently seek him. That word there is important. It means you have to be really trying, and yet you have to be giving it your all. And and you can't just be easy to give up. You can't just be giving up, because that's not what diligent means. Diligent means you're constantly. You're consistently. Constant. And see, or uh, read, read, um, read, read verse six again.
2: But it, without faith, it is impossible to please him.
1: See, now you can, you can be righteous. You can, um, you can be a very truthful person, a voracious person. You can, um, you can be somebody who never stole, who never covets, who doesn't commit adultery. But if you don't have faith. It is impossible to please him, according to verse 6. That is how important faith is. All right, continue.
2: For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him.
1: Now, I I keep stressing how important faith is, because in these fake churches and these fake pastors, the word faith is just thrown around constantly. No context for what it means, and they just... Sometimes, have you ever had that time where somebody keeps saying a word over and over and over again it starts to not sound like a word? sounds like, I don't know, just a thing. It doesn't even seem it seems like it have any meaning. And that's kind of what's what's going on here. These fake pastors and these fake churches constantly throw out the word faith. You gotta have faith for this, gotta have faith for that. Don't explain what faith means. Don't give any context for it. And the way they act, they make it like a circus show. And, you know the word faith starts to really not seem like it means anything and that's the reason why I'm stressing how important it is because it's actually so very important but the way these you know fakers act it they act like it doesn't mean anything like it's the least thing you gotta have it but it's not really that important that is wrong that is completely wrong as we're reading here it is the most important thing it is one of the most important things I'll say alright continue
2: Verse seven, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen now, as see,
1: now see this is a really good example. This is a really really good example. Go ahead.
2: Being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith.
1: See, now Noah didn't even there was no no sign of what the Lord was saying. The Lord said that He would flood the earth, but there was no sign of it even possibly happening. There wasn't any, you know, strange clouds in the sky or anything like that. But Noah believed the Lord. The first time the Lord told him, he believed him. The Lord didn't have to tell him again. He believed the Lord the first time, so much so that he was afraid of what was coming. Because he knew it was coming. He didn't think it might come. He knew it was coming. Because the Lord told him so. And he had faith in that. Even though he couldn't see any sign of it. And so he went out and spent years. Building an ark. A a huge big boat basically. For his family. And of course. People ridiculed him. Often. For years. As he continued to build it. Building a huge boat. For you know, a storm that was never going to come in the in the uh, in the unbelievers' eyes, but he didn't let that bother him at all. He just kept on working. And what happened? What happened? By the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. They all perished, and he was the one that lived. Him and his family line. And if you read, if you uh, listen to our, um, if you read the Book of Jubilees or listen to our um, episodes. Of jubilees, then you'll see that he inherited the whole earth. Him and his sons, they divided up the earth, and they they all conquered it. They all took parts of the earth. They got to do that because they had faith in the Lord, when nobody else did, and the earth belonged to them. That's how important faith is. Go ahead, continue.
2: By faith Abraham, when he was when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. He obeyed, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went.
1: Did you hear that? Not knowing whither he went. Now, once again, probably ridiculed. I don't think his father ridiculed him, but his father didn't understand it. His father thought it was, it was nonsensical. Why leave the land that they were in when it's perfectly good? Because Abraham wasn't going to settle for the perfectly good. He was gonna settle for the perfectly great, for the perfectly excellent. Abraham was looking for better. He was looking for what the Lord had to offer him And that's That's what we that's the way we have to be Israel The Lord offers better than everything that we're seeing down here But we can't just We can't just settle for The okay Which is what all this is It's okay It's moderate We had to look Towards perfection As the word says But We can't see it though, that's the thing There's perfection out there That the Lord has waiting for us But we can't see it We have to have faith That the Lord has it waiting for us Once we look toward that perfection We desire that above the mediocre And we believe that it's out there waiting for us Then we can go and get it As Abraham did Took him years But he got his He got his reward Now we we have to have faith keep moving forward so we can get our reward
2: verse 9 by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with isaac and jacob the heirs with him of the same promise
1: oh yeah i also wanted to point out are are, are you noticing a pattern as notice how all these men of faith are all ridiculed by the unbelievers in one way or another all these men of faith, the people around them that didn't have faith, they ridiculed them. They they you know they they mocked them, they insulted them for seemingly believing in fairy tales. That's that's what unbelievers like to call faith, believing in fairy tales. But it's not fairy tales. It's reality. You just can't see it yet. That's what it is. Don, notice how all of these men were ridiculed because of their faith in the Lord. But they didn't give up. They didn't let it bother them. They kept moving onward. And uh, the the outcome was always the same. Once they got to the end, they were the last one standing. And all those that mocked them were dust.
2: Verse 9 By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead So many as the stars of the sky in multitude And as the sand which is by the sea Sure, innumerable v- Verse 13 These all died in faith Not having received the promises But having seen them afar off And were persuaded of them And embraced them And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth
1: See? That's what, that's what you have to do they were. That's how. That's how we have to be. They were persuaded of them, and they embraced them. When the Lord, when they, when they heard it from the Lord, they, they were persuaded. The first time, it didn't. You know, it wasn't a struggle, and they there wasn't doubt. You know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. No, they heard from the Lord. They were persuaded. That's the truth. That's reality. That's that's how it is. That's what's going to happen. And. They embraced that That became their reality That was the only reality to them Anything outside of that Was fantasy What the Lord told them Was reality to them That's the way we have to be
2: Go ahead Verse 14 For they that say such things Declare plainly that they seek a country And truly If they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. From whence also he received him in a figure.
1: Alright, alright. Uh, now get Genesis 22, verse 1-3. through 3. Abrahams is a... It's a... Um, it's a it's a different example of having faith. It, it's um it's pretty it's a pretty difficult one, but uh he had trust the Lord. Yeah, trust the Lord. We're gonna we're gonna get um we're gonna get we're gonna get something on that. You're, you're gonna see what I mean. Genesis 22 one
2: through 1 through two one through three one through three, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. And saddled his ass And took two of his young men with him
1: Now notice something here Despite what the Lord just said The Lord even pointed out how important this was He said take your son Your only son Whom thou lovest The Lord knew that was what he cared about the most That was the thing that mattered more to him Than anything besides the Lord Despite the Lord telling him to do that What happened in uh, was it is that verse 3 where Abraham got up what happened in verse three? What What happened was the moment Abraham heard it, he rose up and he got ready to go. You notice that despite the 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 pain that he's about to experience once he has to once he gets ready to do this thing, and the pain he's already experiencing just even thinking about having to do this thing, he immediately got up and got ready to do it. That is how much faith he had in the Lord. Con, you know, he didn't sit around for a while, for a while and, and you know contemplate. Why do I have to do this? Why should I sacrifice my only son? How could I sacrifice my only son? He doesn't think about any of that. Even though it is deeply saddening him, as you can imagine, It's deeply hurting him and saddens him greatly to have to do this thing. He still immediately gets up to do it. That's the way we have to be. Continue.
2: And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass. Whoa, see, it
1: even said he rose up early. He, he wasn't, you know, waiting around in bed Trying to, you know, maybe hope he could put this thing off Or maybe wait around to see if the Lord would his mind No, he got up early and got ready to do it
2: Continue And saddled his ass And took two of his young men with him And Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering And rose up And went unto the place of which God had told him Then That's it All
1: right, uh, now get verse 9 through 14. Verse 9 through
2: 13. 14. Verse 9 through 14. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand. And took the knife to slay his son.
1: See now this is this is the kind of the different kind of example of a test of faith I was talking about. This is the kind of faith where it hurts you. You might have to give something up. You might not you might have to pass up an opportunity that you feel like you could have had, that you feel like you could have deserved, because the Lord told you not to take it, not to do it. Or he told you to do something that you don't want to do because it will hurt you in some way. It it it'll hurt, your, it'll hurt you emotionally or something. You have to give up something. This is a different kind of faith. This is the kind of faith where you have to be willing to do whatever it is that the Lord tells you to do. Even if it goes against your wishes, even if it, it doesn't it you think it doesn't benefit you. Even if it hurts to do that. You still have to have faith in him
2: and do what he says anyway. Con.
1: That's what Abra—that's the kind of faith that Abraham is exhibiting here. All
2: right, continue. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram, and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, and as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen.
1: Jehovah-Jireh man, the Lord provides. Now... Just want to point out that even though things worked out well for Abraham in this case It doesn't always work that way Sometimes you really do have to sacrifice something That the Lord told you to Sometimes the Lord is not going to stop you But at the last second and let you keep it Sometimes you are going to have to give it up Israel It's not always going to end up that way The question is Either way it goes Are you still going to trust the Lord? Are you still going to follow through? Or are you going to Hope that it, hope that he changes his mind. And if he doesn't change his mind, you're just not going to do it. Which one are you going to be, Israel? Are you going to be like Abraham, who was willing to go all the way through with it, regardless of the consequences? Or are you going to be the type of person that, if it comes to that, and the Lord doesn't change his mind, the Lord does want you to do that, you're not going to do it. Come on. All right, uh, go ahead and go back to the main text. And uh, start at verse 20.
2: Hebrews 11 and 20. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was a-dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph, and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel, And gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment.
1: That was a scary um, situation that required a lot of faith. They had to, you know, put their baby in a basket and hide him, you know, in the bulrushes. And hope that, you know, crocodiles and come along and eat him or somebody found him and killed him. They had to hope they had to have faith in the Lord that the Lord will protect him because they knew. They could see that the that great things were destined for him. They could see it. They knew the Lord had plans for that baby. But they had to have faith that the Lord was gonna take care of him. If the Lord has plans for him, they had to have faith that he's gonna sustain him. So that those plans can be carried out, and they did have faith. They weren't afraid. They weren't afraid of the king's command. They weren't afraid that if they were found out, they were going to be put to death. They were willing to do that thing anyway because they had faith in the Lord. They knew what He was. What they knew that the Lord has something great planned for their family. Through that child, and so they carried out the Lord's will by by sparing that child's life and you know hiding them. They they had faith. All
2: right, continue. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season.
1: See, now that's really important. Verse 25. That's the way we have to be because that concerns a lot of things, not just faith. People, uh, Israel, it's in our nature to want to avoid suffering much as much as possible. But if it came down to this choice here, suffer affliction with the people of God or enjoy the pleasures of sin. We should choose what Moses chose and choose to suffer affliction with the people of God because like 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 it says here, enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. That's what's really important because there are pleasures to be had, but they're only going to be had for a season. It'll only last for a season. And though it may seem like it lasts eternity in that moment, believe me, when the destruction comes, you are going to be looking back on that. And you are going to see that it wasn't worth it at all. It was only just a short time and, and uh, just a little time of pleasure. And then in the end, what you get is destruction. It's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. It's better to suffer affliction for the Lord and have an eternity of pleasure than to try to dodge the suffering. And enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short season Alright, continue Verse
2: 26 Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt
1: See, that's exactly what I said Esteeming the treasures of Christ greater than the pleasures of sin What it had to offer Because it is
2: greater Go ahead For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward Verse 27 by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as saying him who is invisible through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land which the Egyptians assaying to do were drowned
1: I'm on points I'm out about that that was actually pretty scary it's actually pretty scary When the what, the two walls two, The the ocean was split into two huge walls And they had to pass through it It was an awesome moment But it was also very scary Because they had to, they did have to have faith They had to trust that the Lord would hold it up And that the water wouldn't come down on them When they ran there Because if that happened They were surely going to die There was no way to be able to dodge that So they had to trust the Lord all the way through Alright, go ahead
2: verse 30 by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days
1: there goes another example of somebody having faith and people ridiculing them they were just walking around the walls of Jericho not doing any actual fighting for seven days and of course the people the the uh, the people in Jericho were mocking them wondering what in the world this army of, of powerful valor val- valorous men is doing just walking around the city not doing any actual fighting but they, they ignored all that and they continued to have faith and do what the Lord said Go
2: ahead. verse 31 by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace verse 32 and what shall I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith... Now see,
1: be, oh, get get ready, listen very closely, because uh, the writer of Hebrews here is about to li- is about to list. He's about to basically do my job for me, and sum up everything. Well, yeah, there, there's so much concerning faith, but he's about to sum up a lot of what faith can do. It's power through the Lord. All right, go ahead, listen very closely
2: Say
1: now, do we want all those things? Those are all really good things. Do we want that? Do we want that? Yes, we do. We do want those things. But you have to have faith. It doesn't just come. And it doesn't just come just because you have faith. You have to have faith and you have to endure in faith. For quite a while, for however long the Lord determines. It could be all the way up until your death. But in the end, if you continue to endure in faith, You'll get everything that you deserve. Everything, all that suffering that you've been through, the reward that you get will far exceed that to the point to where you won't even remember what you had to go through to be able to get it. All that pain and suffering won't even seem like anything compared to what you get, as long as you continue to endure all the way to the end. Con. Now, now we're about to see some of the sufferings that those who have faith had to go through. It's not all sunshines and rainbows, like what all you know, all the good things that were listed. Those are good things. But sometimes you're gonna have to go through things like this. Are you willing to,
2: though? Go ahead. Women received their dead raised to life again. No,
1: it started verse 36. Verse
2: 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise.
1: Now, see? That, that's a lot of suffering that's a lot that's a lot of stu- a lot of bad stuff but they continue to have faith until the end and they're going to receive a better resurrection Con. a resurrection to a better life that completely dwarfs everything that they just went through Now it sounds horrible but now all of that sounds really horrible and, and gruesome and, and something that you probably want to avoid but you shouldn't. Because not only did Christ endure worse than that for you, but if you have faith, then when you're in that moment, despite how bad it sounds, when you're in that moment, you'll notice that you have peace when those when those bad things happen. If you really have faith in the Lord, you trust him, you'll notice that you have peace in those moments. They're not as bad as they appear because the Lord is giving you divine peace kind. that's that, That's what I was talking about when I said he would help you along the way you're going to have to suffer those some of us will have to suffer those things but when you go through those moments they won't be as bad as they were for an unbeliever that was going through those things because the Lord is right there with you and his presence is giving you a, a divine peace that makes it just bearable enough for you to get through to enter the better life that's a, that awaits you so don't worry Israel it's not as bad as it sounds. It's bad, but it's not as bad as it sounds when you have faith in the Lord. So don't be afraid. Once you actually get there, you'll know, if you continue keeping, if you keep the faith, you'll notice. It's not, it wasn't as bad as, as it sounded. All right. Uh, go ahead.
2: Verse 40. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect.
1: Now... I've been talking about faith. We've been talking about faith all this time, all throughout this. But we want to get a little bit more on faith because faith by itself is not... Faith, faith is... It needs... There's two components for it to work. And we're about to find out what that is. Go to James chapter 2, verse 1 through 5.
2: James 2, 1 through... Th- James 2, 1 through 5. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring, in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He hath promised to them that love him?
1: So what James is saying there is that your faith, the amount of faith you have, it doesn't depend on, you know, how you are hourly, whether you're rich or you're poor, or you're extremely strong, or you're a feeble person. None, none of that really matters, and we shouldn't look down on people like that because those kind of people can actually have the greatest amount of faith among us, and we can we can use uh, people like that that have that have you know that kind of faith because when they pray, the Lord is going to hear their prayers because their faith is strong. Those are the types of prayers that the Lord hears: prayers filled with faith. So don't look down on people like that just because they may hourly be extremely poor, have raggedy clothes. Those are, if they have good, if they have a lot of faith, then the Lord will hear their prayer and not hear the person who's doing way better in life than them if they don't have faith. So those, the, basically, those weak people, basically, can be just as powerful through the Lord, through their faith. Come on. All right. Uh, so don't don't feel bad, Israel. If you're you know doing bad and you 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 know you're not making a lot of money or or you're a skinny weak person. If your faith is really strong, then you're extremely powerful. You're extremely powerful in the Lord's eyes. All right. Uh, go to go to verse fourteen through twenty six. Verse fourteen through twenty six.
2: What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works?
1: See now, now we're getting into what I meant about the two components that's necessary concerning faith. It's not just faith. Faith needs something else because you can have faith, but how does everybody else know that you have faith? How how, how do they know? You can say you can say as much as much you want to. Like you can say I have faith, but talk is cheap, as they say, and. That's not proof. That's not good enough. We need some kind of proof that you have the faith that you say you have. We're about to learn what that is. Go ahead.
2: What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and whenever you say unto them...
1: Now, is about to give an example of what he's talking about. How faith without works doesn't work. (laughs) All right, go ahead.
2: And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit?
1: Say now what James is saying there is that if somebody came to you naked and they're hungry, and you say, Go in peace, and be, be filled, your stomach will be filled, and you'll be full, you'll feel full, and you'll be warm, even though you don't have any clothes on, you'll be warm. And then the person leaves and you have faith that those things that you said about them will happen. Nothing will actually happen because you didn't do it. You didn't do your parts. They they can't you naked and hungry. You can't just have faith. It's not the Lord's will you just say, you know, you're going to be filled and you're going to be warm. Even though you are you haven't eaten anything, you haven't, you don't have any clothes on. You're going to be filled. You're going to be warm. Now go. And I believe that. No. You, you need to do some action so that will happen, so they'll be filled, so they'll be warm. Action is required for
2: those things.
1: Faith alone is not going to be enough to fix that problem. Go ahead. Come. Verse
2: 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, though thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar?
1: See, now he's giving an example there. The Lord, the Lord, you know, the Lord, Abraham says he has faith in the Lord, but the Lord needs to see it. Show him an action that shows his faith. So the Lord gave him an action he can do. Sacrifice his son. And Abraham was about to perform the action before the Lord stopped him. That proved to the Lord that he had faith. And that showed everybody else, too. That showed his son, and that showed those servants that he brought with him, too. That showed them. So from then on, when everybody said that If anybody ever said that Abraham didn't have faith All of those people that I just mentioned can refute that They can say that's not true They know Abraham has faith in the Lord He's a man of faith He's a man that believes in the Lord And how? How can they say that with such confidence? Because they have proof, because they've seen it He showed them action That prove that he has faith in the Lord That back up his words Continue To verse 26
2: Wasn't Verse 22, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works? when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also.
1: All right, so th- those are the two components that I was talking about. Faith and works, they gotta go hand in hand. Now I wanna point something out here. Sometimes there are no works that you can perform. Sometimes you do have to have just faith in the Lord. Sometimes it's up to the Lord to do some things. But other times, you need to put some action in before your faith can be rewarded. Before your faith can, like a seed, like a seed, it's like a seed. You have to, you, you, you can believe that the seed will grow into a tree, but that's not good enough. First, you have to put some action in. You have to plant the seed. You have to give it some good soil. You have to water it. Then you have faith. That the seed will grow into a tree Faith and works were both required there For it to become the great tree that it will become But sometimes things are out of your control And you need just faith Like say there was a drought and no rain was coming down Like in this one movie, uh, Faith Like Potatoes And there was a drought and you, you need your crops to grow But there's no rain There's nothing you can do about that you can't control the weather. You can't control the rain. So all you can have is faith. So there are, there are there are times when you need faith and works, and there are times when you need just faith. So keep that in mind. All right, now, now, one other thing about faith that's really important is that you can't rely on God to do everything for you. Yeah, you're about to see what I mean. Go to Ephesians 6, verse 13. You can't have faith for the Lord to do everything for you. We're about to see what I mean. Hold on. We're about to get some scripture on that.
2: Ephesians 6 verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all...
1: One of the, ar- one of the pieces of the armor of God is faith. So you know. Listen to me.
2: And having done all to stand.
1: See? That last part there Having done all That means having done all You can do first The Lord's not going to do Everything For you Because then You know I mean You would be I mean How are you even a person? How do you have free will And you don't Exercise it? you don't do anything That doesn't make any sense And also The Lord can't really judge you For any actions that happen Because you aren't performing Any
2: actions Come on.
1: So how can he judge you righteous or wicked if you're not doing anything. The only way you can be righteous in his eyes or wicked in his eyes depends on what you do. So that means the Lord can't do everything for you. Like, he can't feed you physically. You have to find food and you have to eat it. Now, if there's no food anywhere, then you have faith in the Lord to provide something for you somewhere. But you have to first have to have been trying to get some food before you start having faith Now, the Lord will feed you. The Lord will will feed you only after you try to feed yourself. And you can't, basically. So, know know that. That's very important. The Lord's not going to do everything for you. There are things we have to try to do ourselves in the Lord with the Lord's assistance. But we have to basically be the ones trying to do it. Okay, Israel? Come on. Come on. All right, now, so that's it for this episode of Faith That Can Move Mountains. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a lot, Israel, because I actually learned a lot going over this. That's just, that's the way it is, you know. When you study the word, even when you're teaching it, when you go over it, even if you, even when you've read a passage, when you go over it again, sometimes the Lord just opens your eyes and you learn new things. Or sometimes you just remind of things that you needed to be reminded of when you go over it. So I know I certainly learned a lot. and Was reminded of a lot going over this and making this message. I hope you learned a lot, Israel, about how important faith is, the different parts and components of faith, and I hope you will be encouraged by the this entire chapter and all the all the you know all the um, references to different men of faith and women of faith that Hebrews 11. Um, covers because there's a lot of examples in here and we can turn to those examples that's what they're there for. So our Lord had these things happen in history so we can turn to them for reference for inspiration. so I hope you're you you will be inspired by this Israel because faith is a very very important element we've got to get that down in order to become Powerful warriors for the Lord in prayer and in spiritual combat come. On. So with that, we want to bid you a shalom.